And yet the shadow of Mandos lies on you also, said Melian. But Thingol was long silent ere he spoke. Go now, he said, for my heart is hot within me. Later you may return if you will, for I will not shut the doors forever against you, my kindred, that were ensnared in an evil that you did not aid. With Fingolfin and his people also I will keep friendship, for they have bitterly atoned for such ill as they did. And in our hatred of the power that wrought all this woe, our griefs shall be lost. But hear my words. Never again in my ears shall be heard the tongue of those who slew my kin in Alquilande. Nor in all my realm shall it be openly spoken, while my power endures. All the Sindar shall hear my command, and they shall neither speak with the tongue of the Noldor, nor answer to it. And all such as use it shall be held slayers of kin, and betrayers of kin unpenitent. Hey guys, it's Keep on Tolkien with Joel and Danny J. Thanks for tuning in. So today on Keep on Tolkien, uh, this is going to be our part two, not only our second episode, but part two of us bitching about the Hobbit trilogy for you. The Hobbit trilogy sucks. And it does suck. And if you listened to the last episode, you heard three big gripes that we had, and now you're going to get to listen to a lot more. Get ready for this. Yeah, and hopefully, like, if you don't think the movies suck after listening to us, maybe you will. We're just trying to ruin it for everybody. That's what we're we're just here. trying to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> Peter Jackson ruined our childhood, and now we're just trying to ruin... Ruin it for everyone. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it, guys. Here we go. All right, so quick recap from last week's episode. It was our part one of why the, the Hobbit, Hobbit trilogies sucks. suck. Yeah, they because they do. They just suck really bad. They suck hard, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, so the three main points that we had last week, which I think were our biggest gripes, were the uh, Morgul technology. Morgul tech, yeah, we talked about. And how, how blatantly this just came about when Morgul tech is supposed to be something super specific mm-hmm. uh, to a specific person, to a specific character. And then the other issue that we had was... Nandor magic. Nandor magic. That took place with the, the healing scene. With Keeley and uh, what's the elf's name? Toriel. Toriel, who is a Sindar, which is no, a she's lo- not Sindar. She's she's uh she's Sylvan. She's Nandor. She's not even Sindar. Oh my god. Yeah, a lesser form of elf, and we mean so that in the best possible way. Right. We're not racist, by the no. way. <laughs> Here's the thing about Tolkien: is it was written by a very old white dude, so like. It's these are his, of, these are his categories. Yeah, and like he, it's gonna sound kind of racist. We're, we're gonna sound a little bit racist, but it's kind of how, that's kind of how it works. I mean, it's just Tolkien. I'm sorry, it's not coming from us. <laughs> Disclaimer, disclaimer for the episode. Disclaimer. So they're lesser elves. Yeah, they don't know that kind of magic. We talked about that. And, and then we compared it to what happened in the original trilogy, where that whole concept of being healed right, from Morgul right. wound even came from, and it was a super super specific moment and there's a lot of special stuff going on there and it barely got it it barely got done he almost died he never healed right right that was the third thing we talked about we talked about it uh, was oh, the uh, and the whole relationship between keely and, and tariel yeah i got her yeah. name that time yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah it just, just wouldn't have happened for multiple reasons they I, we don't think they could biologically reproduce because they were made by two different gods, essentially. At two separate times. At too. two separate times, yeah. yeah. So in conclusion, yep. Um, there were mostly canical things that we you know, we had issues with the canon. Um 
it just didn't make a whole lot of sense according to the lore. Um, yeah, and so we're gonna today we're gonna get into a few more things that we don't like about the Hobbit movies. So basically, what we decided we're gonna do is just like the Hobbit trilogy, we're gonna make it unnecess this topic unnecessarily three episodes long. <laughs> We could have done this in one episode. Oh, sure. And they could have done this in one movie, but they decided not to, so we're going to decide not to. We're going to, yeah, first two episodes are going to be why we hate The Hobbit, and then the third one we're going to get a little nice and talk about the things that we liked about The Hobbit. To be honest, there may end up being a few stragglers of the uh, what we hate about The Hobbit Falling, right, I don't in, falling into the third episode, but yeah. we'll—I mean—we'll cross that bridge. Generally right speaking, we're yeah. going to try to make the third one mostly positive, a little bit more positive. But so today, right. moving forward, let's get right into it. First category that we have for you, I believe uh, this was Danny's category. Um, dragon sickness. This is something that's introduced in the Hobbit trilogy. That is what pisses me off about it is it's basically they're recycling the lust for the ring from the original trilogy. They're they're just kind of recycling that whole motif into this like lusting over gold and uh, you know and all this and um, it just I don't know it really I think it's cheap it's a, it's a cheap harkening back to something we're familiar with which is a lot of the gripes I had with the Hobbit is that it wasn't trying to be its own thing it was trying to like there's a lot of odes to the original and that was right a lot of member to, berries right a lot of member berries a lot of member berries thank you Trey Parker Madstone. Dragon Sickness, it, it has no real basis in Tolkien canon. It does kind of play along with the most motif of like um, corruption and like the nature of evil, kind of like yeah. co- corrupting good at all points and like and greed. There's a lot of greed in the Lord of the Rings too. It's also or in in Tolkien in general. There's a lot of greed going on. Yeah, Tolkien loves to bring out a lot of the negative aspects of human of humanity. Right, that's a big part of. A lot of his other stuff. It's actually quite dark, but it's beautiful at the same time. Yeah, people don't give Tolkien enough credit for how dark. But I mean, that's part of what's so beautiful about it. How can you have such beautiful things if there isn't right, a contradictory a, yeah. darkness? And he even comes up with his own evil shit to throw at you, and it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Anyway, mm-hmm. moving on to category two. While we're on the subject of the dragon, um, oh, man. The, the, the one of the biggest gripes I had after watching, even during watching the movie for the very first time, was the second Hobbit movie, I think it was, The Desolation of Smog. Um, they finally get to the one part that I thought they couldn't fuck up, if anything, was the dragon. Because I saw, you know, th- they showed you some models for what they had for the dragon ahead of time, and it was pretty cool. They did a good job. And Yeah, no, it looked cool. And uh, I'm a big fan of Cumberbatch. I, yeah, thought, Cumberbatch I thought he did a great... He even did the uh, animatronics for the, for the dragon movements and everything. Anyway, props yeah. to him. But the whole dragon chase scene that ensued for just way longer than it ever needed to go. It was totally like, I'm pretty sure that is when when they fucking filmed that is when they decided that it was going to be three movies. I'm I'm right there with you. I think that's exactly when they decided, oh, we're going to just throw, we should make this just action-packed and turn it into a a full-on trilogy. Yeah. And it was like, let's just throw in this shitty uh, fight scene here that's going to take up, well, took up like a half hour, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it like felt at like least it was 25 forever. minutes. I, I don't know. Okay, well, here's a story. Can I tell you a funny story about this? It's going to get a little illegal, but it's a fun story. So so here's the thing. Um, I was very excited for these movies, right? So um, a friend of mine was up away at school. He was like four hours away. 
So I would drive up there to see these movies with him every year. So we decided when we were going to see the second one that I was going to eat a bunch of this stuff called Duff, which I don't know if you know what Duff is. It is a uh, marijuana that has been vaped already. So it's taken for granted, though. Yeah, no, it's a it's a fun. Like people throw that shit out. And yeah. Like it's, it's like oh, it's all it's just a bunch of burnt shit. No. Yeah, no, don't throw it away. Put it in pill capsules and eat it. It's amazing. You get all the bodily positives without getting. Well, it can still fuck up your head a little bit. Oh yeah. No, yeah. It's a fun ride. It's different. Yeah. It's different. So, I decided to eat like five or six of these Duff capsules, like these pills that are filled with Duff, and um, I basically made a rookie mistake and I timed it wrong. <laughs> and so like I got almost all the way through the movie with nothing. And it started to kick in right after the dragon scene and the dragon chase scene had started and I'm getting hit with this duff like crazy. <laughs> and this fucking dragon scene's going on and I was like I clo- I remember closing my eyes and I was like is this really happening? Like what is what the fuck is going on here? And I was like, I was like, I just immediately started ha- like hating the movie too. I was just like, this is like, what the fuck? Relight the, f-? when he was like, relight the forges. What the fuck? I was like, what the fuck? What are we doing here? Aren't there like 12 of you? So yeah, the dragon chase. Terrible, terrible, just a shitty action sequence. And it Extremely had- unnecessary, far too long. Just the fact that they would even try to run from a dragon in the first place. I mean, the dragon would have killed them in so many instances before that. In- right. They make that clearly evident in the way that Smog does other things, like he destroys the mountainside that they were on, and he destroys Lake Town with just no problem. Anyway, that was just that was a real big nail in the coffin for me. That's when I knew there was no coming back from this. I want to know how long it actually takes to melt gold, because I'm pretty sure it's not two seconds. And to resolidify again? Yeah, and then for it to fucking resolidify. Well, I guess sort of solidify it, like fell apart and it like drowned the dragon or something. Yeah, and what then the it like turned into like about? um like a chocolate I'm dipped sorry. dragon that <laughs> like with gold leaf, and it like just <laughs> broke out of it, and it was like and like all this gold fell down. The only thing that I did appreciate about that was that's how they kind of got away with their explanation for the description of how Smog leaves the cave. Because he's supposed to leave Erebor in like a burst of flame, like up into the air, just like silver and gold flame, just mm-hmm. and then fly towards uh, Lake Town. And they kind of explained that away as he was covered in gold and he burst out and just yeah. gold and... Anyway. It was a crappy explanation. I mean, it was a real shitty way to get to that point, and that everything <laughs> up to that was just really shitty, but that shot of him just jumping up and gold falling off was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it looked cool, but I was like, that was the thing, because I was getting hit by the duff, like I said, and I was like, is this really part of this movie? Like, And then they left it on that crazy cliffhanger, too, and that was just... That was just like... that was. A, I mean, there's. don't get me wrong, cliffhangers can be good, yeah, but sure, that was... That was a rough place to just leave you, leave you hanging. Yeah, which we'll. T- I'm t- totally sure we'll talk about this in a later episode, though. But Peter Jackson does fuck up a lot of the cliffhangers from the original trilogy in the original trilogy by changing the time. So while we're talking about the uh, the dragon chasing around the dwarves, I can just I'm going to bridge that into my next gripe. This is going to be a third uh, third category here tonight, and that is the dwarves themselves. I was really excited to see a lot more dwarf action when they announced they were going to do The Hobbit, obviously, because of the most of the company, Thorn and company, is all dwarves except for Gandalf and Bilbo. Yeah, it's a dwarf-heavy story. Yeah, and the dwarves were fucking cool. You always wanted to see more of them after, you know, you grew up watching Gimli being all badass as hell. 
Right. Not the beard, man. Not the beard. Nobody tosses a dwarf. The dwarves in the trilogy, they just made them all super goofy. I think they were really too worried that fans wouldn't be able to distinguish between that many separate characters. So they they overcompensated for making each character unique. They made each of them overly unique. They had crazy facial hair that went pointing out in crazy ways. Their hats were silly and stupid. They looked like a bunch of fucking clowns dancing around. There were a few that I liked the general... uh, the general makeup of it that was like Balin was Balin and Dwalin were dope. Balin and Dwalin were really good and uh Feely and Keeley's costumes were pretty they good. They were fine. Yeah. I didn't like how they picked like the sexy young actors to play. I, I guess I'm more looking at the costumes right Yeah, now. but the costumes were fine. I'm just like Costumes are fine. It's a mis yeah. But uh I don't know, the rest of them just looked real clownish and it was just really unnecessary. Yeah, was I know a, it was supposed to be a, a, a kids movie, but that was uh, I don't know. It's generally offensive because if you look at who these dwarves are, generally offensive. It's generally offensive, yeah. Because if you look at who these dwarves are, like who are these guys? They're noblemen of the line of Durin. They are. Like you know what I mean? These aren't just any fucking dwarves. Like Mm -hmm. these are nobility in the line of Durin, which is by far the dopest and most prominent line. It's the one that's the main one that we hear about throughout all Tolkien. Tolkien doesn't really cover much of the other lines. I mean, there's some about them. A little bit in the first age, with yeah. uh, Belagost and uh, well, we learned of uh, Mim, Mim too. Don't forget about Mim. Oh, that's right, the petty, Mim. the petty dwarf. The that's petty the only dwarves. time that they talk about petty dwarves. There are something mm-hmm. other than dwarves that are petty dwarves. They're not even. They're not as uh, big and hardy, and they don't do as much mining and things. They're just. Yeah, they're, they're more like they're more like gnomes. Yeah, they're savages. I they're, right. they're what I'd imagine a gnome would be like. But anyway, that's a little bit off topic. But the dwarves, they just overcompensated to try to make one too unique because I think they were worried that the audience wasn't going to be able to tell them apart. And I think they, they just did too much, and it was just too silly. Well, I think I, there was a lot of spoon-feeding in this movie, don't you? There was, yeah. Like, that was the thing, like, oh, one of the biggest gripes, I'm just going to mention it real quickly, we didn't talk about this, but when Sauron is revealed as the necromancer, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, me, because I'm a, like, it's a super nerd, like, I wanted him to look different. You know, I, w- I wanted him to not look the same. And I felt that was kind of spoon-feeding, like, oh, we have to have him look exactly the same as we did last right. time we and showed I can, him. Right, and I can understand something like that, because they're basing it off people who have seen the trilogy, and the only way that they've seen Sauron in the trilogy is in his, you know, Dark Lord form. That's the only way they're going to recognize him. I don't... I'm just... Yeah. Sauron has many forms. There was a lot of potential there, but they had to... Yeah, see, I wanted They Gandalf. had to keep it consistent so people could, could carry over. I wish Gandalf would have called him Myron. That would have been cool. Yeah. And then he was like, Olorin. Yeah. That'd be awesome, but it didn't happen. But this level of of uh, just making everything way too unique, that was unnecessary. And for spoon feeding. Like, that's, it was like, and just, yeah. Just, just for spoon feeding. Which can bring us into the next category of unnecessary things. Indeed. One of the weirdest things I found about the movie was. Just the strange fucking creatures that were in the movie that you don't like. Well, one strange creature. Okay, so the <laughs> the main thing I'm talking about is the fucking riding of weird animals. Yeah, talking about creatures that we're talking about the the mounts. Yeah, the creatures they used for mounts were really strange. Yeah, the the the, the caribou or whatever the fuck. Yeah, real ride. was riding some caribou moose thing. I don't remember. Mm, yeah. So and then later on, some dwarves are riding pigs. Yeah. Which is fucking weird. Dane, of all people, yeah. come riding in on a f- 
fucking pig. Damn. That guy, we're going to get into him a little bit later, actually. He's done yep. some badass shit. Yeah, and I think that was a little demeaning. I don't think he... Yeah, uh, no he came off like a silly fucking Scotsman riding a pig down a hill. Like, what? I mean, I feel that all of the Peter Jackson movies kind of do a sister, uh, disservice to the dwarves. Like, they, they make them kind of clownish. But, I mean, even Gimli was better than that. Balin was, was better than that. I mean, it was just unnecessary. Anyway. Oh, yeah, one more thing about the beasts, right? What were the great Earth Eaters? You remember that shit? That was super unnecessary. I think they explained that as something from the appendices. I didn't actually go and look that up because it was just... I don't think I didn't they, look that up. That's fucking weird. I don't... I didn't care whether or not they actually existed in the Tolkien universe. All I know is that they, them they the were not at the Battle of Five yeah. Armies. All right. So... Speaking of Thranduil's mount... There's a really weird part that I, I was very put off by. When he's talking... I don't know. Who the fuck is he talking to? He's talking to Thorin. He's talking to Thorin. Yeah, this is right after all the dwarves were captured in, I think it was the second movie, in the Elven stronghold in, mm-hmm. in Mirkwood. Mm-hmm. And he brings... When I say he, Thor, uh, Thranduil, the head of the King of the Elves there, brings Thorin up to his throne room to question him and, and whatnot. And they get into... Parlay. They get into a little bit of argument because... Like we explained in the last episode, elves and dwarves... They don't like each other so much. They hate each other. So, yeah. So, during the scene, um, Th- Thranduil, like, leans in to to Thorin, and he's like, Do not speak to me of dragon's fire. And then you see, like, his, his face is, like, revealed for a second that it's, like, fucked up and, like, burned and shit. Like, I don't know what that kind of, like... So, what bothers me is, like... That kind of face-changing magic does happen in Tolkien. We know Finrod does it in the Silmarillion. He changes. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. a he's another uh, Elven Elven King character from the first stage who was who was particularly magical. Yeah, he, yeah. He's he was known to be able to change appearances of people of himself and people around him and stuff like that. Right, learned lore master mm-hmm. who is um, a Noldor, a High Elf, mm-hmm. and he's uh, Thranduil is a Sindar. Mm-hmm. Which is again the the lower form. The lower of form. Yeah. They never quite made it to the Undying Lands. And it's just nowhere ever mentioned that Thranduil has any kind of a scar on his face or anything like that. And they just pull this hat out of their ass, like, oh, don't tell me of dragon fire. Is he is he trying to say that he fought in the War of Wrath? Is that what he's trying to say? Like, was that what they were like? I mean, he's he's alluding to, to dragon related shit that happened in the first age age, right because i'm sure he's been around that long but there has never been any explicit reference of thranduil dealing with those kinds of things or it affecting him in any way and they just if they were trying to reference some first age shit they did a really poor job doing it because it just came off out of place yeah it was real real weird and um yeah he doesn't have the kind of lore the kind of know-how to even do that if you wanted to. Uh, and it was just weird that they were like, we're going to place him in the first stage, and his face got all fucked up by a dragon. Also, I didn't like the way that he just leaned forward with his arms behind his back, and it was just like, up in his face. It was just an annoying scene for me in general. I didn't like the shot. I didn't like that the character was doing what he was doing. I hate I, I hate both of the characters, both of the actors too. Yeah, I, fucking hate I, both I think of that was actors. one of my least favorite scenes of the whole movie because I really hate the person that they. Well, I shouldn't say the person. I just didn't like the way that they did Thorn. The character was not yeah, good. It was lame. I don't know if that was the actor's decision or the director's, but either way, Thorn was not a good character, 
and Thrandreel was shitty. Even worse. On that note, I think we're going to take a quick break. Uh, stay tuned. We've got a couple more things we want to gripe about. A couple more gripes. A couple more gripes to bitch about. And, uh, and yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. Tolkien. I'm Danny J. And this is Joel N. And we're here talking about why we hate the Hobbit movies. Part, part two. two. Because we needed more time. More time to talk about why they suck. So we're going to get right back into it. We're going to start off with Bard. Bard. I hated this character too. The reason I hated Bard in this one was... N- they just made him a super generic character, I feel like. I mean, he, the dude that they got looked just like... Uh, <laughs> Orlando Bloom? Looked yeah, just I like Orlando like, Bloom. I was like, what the fuck? I think Peter Jackson's like has the same type. Like, whoever's casting has the same kind of baby-faced dude type. But they played... I mean, I, I was looking forward to Bart as a character because he's probably one of the most noble characters in the, in the, oh, yeah, whole, in the cool. whole story, aside from being a, a complete hard-ass. But they turned him into some super suave uh i don't know slick family guy yeah the, the, type he's, yeah he's got like his family he's got like a, a family smuggler? yeah he's got like isn't he like smuggling he's got like two or three kids i mean he is a he is a smuggler i think he does do some smuggling smuggling on the but side. uh i don't i'm almost positive they don't mention anything about him having like three kids and a wife mm-hmm. or a dwarf getting healed on their kitchen table <laughs> God, you fucking, it's in Bart's house, isn't it? It's in his house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that totally goes down right in Bart's kitchen. Oh my God, that was, yeah. I, I don't, we don't even need to get to that because I'll be, yeah, not even. We're not going to talk about that anymore. Um, So yeah, Bard, and then it also, it's, I found it very fucking weird, the Black Arrow. Yeah, that was, yeah. The Black Arrow. They made it, well, first of all, they did it as a dwarven, uh, like, ballista like windlass yeah they turned they took the arrow which was originally just it's literally just a, fucking arrow. a black arrow that a guy shoots with a longbow and he like he's like says it's his lucky arrow he's like yeah i've always recovered you arrow it was the arrow that uh that his dad used right because right, it's like yeah it's an it's from his it's from his family line um he got it passed down from uh his family line goes back to the city of dale the men of dale men of dale which this uh dale they explained in the Hobbit and the films and the books, yeah, it's just the uh, super prosperous city of men that was right outside 
Erebor, mm-hmm. the the dwarven uh, kingdom under the mountain over there. Yeah, that, did a lot of training this, with that the dwarves. This whole story. They were good friends. Revolves around. Yeah. But uh, back when Smog attacked Dale and destroyed everything originally, um, there were uh, longbowmen there that were defending the city and whatnot, and uh, Bard's family, it was either his dad or his granddad, his family line was there, and people apparently blame him for not being able to stop a dragon. They say (laughs) that it's his fault that they didn't stop the dragon in the first place. Or at least I think that's what the the, uh, town... Master, yeah, the is lake, trying to the lake the Lake Town Master, Town Master who's he, that's at least what he tries to convince people. Pretty flimsy, pretty flimsy. But uh, yeah, the whole turning from an arrow to a windlance that was really unnecessary. It was dumb because like the whole thing was like a yeah a well placed arrow will bring this fucker down. Like right. that's the whole thing. It doesn't have to be a four foot long iron right shaft. It was all about exposing Smog's weakness yeah, to even weakness, an arrow. All yeah. it takes. It's the Achilles tale over and over. Like, you know, it's a retelling of the great warrior that has the weakness. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be a fucking ballista. And they took it and they turned it into this giant wind lance that shoots this giant spear. I mean I guess that would be more common for taking down dragons, but that's not uh, what was in the story, and I think it just sends the wrong message in general. All right, moving moving right along here. Moving right along. This next um, one is, is pretty... This is grievous. This is is very fucked. And this this is um something that goes back to the original trilogy, too. They are not blameless in this. I think this is a genuine fault of the the team that made the movies here. Like either this they is didn't do the research or they didn't fucking care. Like either right. one of them. So the, the we're, to, we're talking here about the Gondol and blades, right? The three blades in the ho- that are found in the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. They're um, found in the first movie. Yeah, and and uh, so one of them is taken by Gandalf. One is taken by Bilbo. One is taken by Thorin, mm-hmm. right? After the troll horde. Yeah, in the troll horde. So the well, there's a couple actually different problems I have with them is that the the and I didn't even talk about this earlier, Joel. I just thought of it. They don't fucking glow, do they? Well, Bilbo's does. Well, Bilbo's does, but, but they're all supposed to. They're do all that. supposed to glow. Yeah, to the point where like when you read the Silmarillion, when the fucking Gondolindrum show up at mm-hmm. uh, is the Nirnath, isn't it? It's the last battle. Anyway, it's a huge battle. the The Gondolindrum show up, and it says that their sh- their swords shine like with fire. Mm-hmm. Like, these are these are the people that made these swords. The, this, this is, is what yeah. they do. This, this is, is what they do. This They're, is the type of smithing that they right. And uh, the Gondolin is a like a hidden city of the Noldor. Like it's it's almost as cool as the Noldor shit back in um in Valinor. It's like the coolest place to be if you're Noldor. Uh, Turgon is its king. He's the the son of Fingolfin. So we'll get to him later. Um, but these people made the swords and... And they glow. Not only would the swords have glowed, which they didn't. They didn't. Yandel's sword is supposed to glow mm-hmm. in the whole instance with the goblins in Goblin Town when they get into mm-hmm. that scuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't. But aside and from that... The, the real fucked up thing is when you get look at these swords is that they have inscriptions on them which are... In Sindarin, Elvish, which is fine, is fine. But here's the thing: it's not fine. It's not. <laughs> it's not fine. It's not fine at all. <laughs> because, because Gondolin was a city of the Noldor. In it was the city of the Noldor in exile, and this goes back to the excerpt that we read at the beginning of the episode. They were the longest standing 
kingdom of Noldor mm-hmm. in Middle Earth, and they were probably I don't want to say the most advanced, but you could yeah. you could put it that they were they were like the most prosperous. I mean, right. they they their entire kingdom was hidden from the rest of the country at that time. Nobody knew where they were. It was a secret. One day they marched off and they uh, uh, found a place ahead of time and they literally went into the secret place in the mountains and set up camp and built a kingdom there and no one ever found them. And nobody ever found them. And they were like, anybody Super who's prosperous. born here, you stay here for the rest of your life. Anybody if you that, come here by accident, yep. you stay here for the rest of your life, except for a couple people. Maybe we'll talk about them later. Maybe. Two Men, two men, two we're not, dudes. We're not talking about we're elves talking here. About Up until this them. point, we have not been talking about men. We've been talking about elves, right? But here, elves. we're talking about two men. Yeah, it's a cool story. We'll get to it later. So the point is that the Cinderin on the blades is 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 it's dumb because Cinderin wasn't the spoken language in Gondolin, and we learn that because in the excerpt that we read from the beginning. Uh, Thingol, who's the high king of the Sindar, he basically, you know, he he owns the land that the the Noldor moved back into. He finds out about some fucked up stuff that they did to his relatives, and he's like, "All right, you can still live here. You guys are cool. I'm gonna forgive you as much as I can for what you did to my family, but you're not allowed to speak your language anymore, which was Quenya, the high elven tongue, and um." Anybody who does speak it or answer to it will be seen as a traitor and a kinslayer, unrepentant, meaning they're not sorry for what they did. The Gondolindians are Noldor, and the Noldor do not speak Sindarin. Well, everywhere but Gondolin they don't, because Thingol made it illegal, which was the excerpt that we read. And so, and when Gondolin was founded as like the hidden Noldor city, they're like, hey, fuck that, there's no Sindar here, we're going to speak our own language again. Yeah, so... The only place that specifically is stated did not speak Cinderin is Gondolin. Mm-hmm. They specifically spoke Quenya, mm-hmm. which is the language of the Noldor, the High Elves. Because even if you and to- it would have been written in their script on the plate, right, and it wasn't. Why, it was. Why wouldn't it be? It was written in the Cinderin script. So we're getting to the difference here between. The uh, the alphabet basically the writing mm-hmm. was not in the proper language. Yeah, it's not it's not in the proper language. And also, if it were just in Cinderin, Gandalf can read Cinderin. He doesn't need Elrond to be like they wouldn't have. This had, is what that sword says. Yeah, they Gandalf wouldn't have needed. They wouldn't Cinderin. have needed Elrond to translate that shit. They would have just been like, oh. I'm pretty sure even Bilbo could could read some Cinderin. Yeah, I'm like, sure because like if you were learned at all. You spoke a little Cinder because that was like the language of any right. elves. Because yeah, because like like we were talking about it, like in the first age, like you could mm-hmm. go to a, a a different Noldor city, like Nargothrond, and they're speaking Cinder in there because they're they're still following Thingol's rules. Yeah, they're of, kind of yeah. out in the open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole time Gondolin was hidden away in the mountains. Yeah, so they they went back to their original language, which is what would have been on the swords, if it was on the swords. Which yeah, that goes back to the original trilogy too. They did that. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, 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 so. they made the same mistake in the original trilogy. And I don't know if they just tried to keep it consistent, but either way, it was blatantly incorrect. So yeah, yeah. So the gripe we have with that is the swords don't glow like they're supposed to, and they have the wrong language on them. The last point that we want to cover this episode is uh, basically involved around oh I don't know half of the storyline that was in the fucking trilogy. 
that never happened. And we're talking about everything that had anything to do with the Pale Orc, otherwise known as Azog, the Defiler. Defiler. Within this time span that the movies took place, he was dead. He dead had the been, whole time. He had been dead. They did reference some truth to the past and where he came from and who his character is and that he does have a pretty specific gripe with the uh, the line of Durin that's Thor and Oakenshield's family line and where all the dwarves that we see in this story come from. Um, but he's not part of the he's not part of the the Hobbit at all in any way, and that was that was blatant fiction of fiction. Like they just pulled it out of their ass. It is explicitly stated that he is dead and he was killed in the battle that they actually referenced him getting. And they show the battle. Yeah, they show that battle. And they just that's say he, he got, gets his arm cut off. Yeah, he got maimed or he something. Got maimed oh, battle. nobody knew. Oh no, he died of his wounds long ago. <laughs> Yeah, and if you want to read about the real Azog, look no further, my friends, than Appendix A of The Return of the King. It tells uh, all about the Durin's folk. Is the because character. they do actually uh, reference Azog. They, they, I think they reference his name in both The Hobbit and the trilogy. They do. They At one point he mentions, he said, um, Azog like beheaded your grandfather, and then, and then uh, Thorin says, mm. curse, curse be his name or something. something yeah, because like they, they do discuss the line of family line of Durin in the Hobbit so that does come up right because that's the whole thing they're trying to re- just restore the yeah. line of Durin like that's the whole the whole sh- all that spiel it was just it was awful yeah. it was very unnecessary I feel like it, that's when things got a little too packed because they right. had a beautiful story to go off of it was simple you could have dressed it up a little bit if you wanted to just that your your wonderful fantasy adventure tale of uh, Thorin and company going across Middle Earth mm-hmm. to go fight a dragon and get some gold and stuff, but then they just had to throw in this extra storyline that didn't happen with the the Pale Orc, and then they butchered the Pale Orc's role in Middle Earth. He's been dead for a long time. He did some badass stuff, but... Right. He chopped Thorin's grandfather's head off. Yeah, so where the Pale Orc actually came from, we should probably touch on that a little bit. So the Pale Orc came from, he goes back, he's within the Third Age. Um, it goes all the way back to when Moria was officially abandoned for the first time. So toward the beginning of the Third Age, Durin's folk, who were the ones that made Moria and the kingdom of Khazad-dûm, mm-hmm. and they were very prosperous at the time. They had been for quite some time. It was basically the Dwarven stronghold within Middle-earth, and they kept delving very deep for the Mithril that the Misty Mountains were rich with, and they delved so greedily and so deep that they released the Bane... What is it? Durin's Bane. Durin's Bane. Which is a fucking Balrog. It's a fucking Balrog from the first age. From the first age, just hiding out down there. It's a demon. It is. Yeah. It is quite literally a demon. It's a. It's like a fallen Maiar. Yeah, fallen a, demigod. Yeah, fallen Maiar. So it's the same same kind of creature uh, as Gandalf and Saruman. Yeah, there which he's is corrupted on the same level. Yeah. Yeah, which is why Gandalf is able to kill that shit. But it kills him too. But it kills him as well. Yeah, because they're ma- they're evenly matched. Yeah, it was. They both know magic and shit. And the Balrog comes forth it just slaughters anyone that's not already killed just runs and the whole place is abandoned uh he killed durin 
in that big battle, which is why they called it Durin's Bane. And after that, Mori was mainly abandoned until uh, Azog came along and decided he wanted to take claim over Moria and all the stuff that was in there. Apparently, the Belrog... Uh, went back into hibernation at some point or something, but apparently it wasn't a big... They're just able to, like, deal with it better. Maybe they're able to just avoid like, him, but either yeah, way, they decided to it, they uh. decided to go in and claim Moria for themselves. And uh, while they were living there, uh, Thror, who is Thorn Oakenshield's grandfather, comes along. He's in the line of Durin, and he says, hey, I want to go check out Moria again. We've, we dipped out on that place a long time ago. Let's go see what's left and see if we can claim our leftover treasures. And so he, Thror, Thorin's grandfather, goes to Moria. And uh, there he encounters the Pale Orc who kills him and cuts his head off, carves his name into Thror's head and throws it out the door toward uh, the only other dwarf that was there. It was Thor's companion that he came with. I think it was his brother. Uh, But his name is... Oh, yeah. Nain. Yeah, Nain Nain, uh, Ironfoot, right? Yep, he yeah. throws the head down out the door at the foot of Nain, who is uh, Thor's brother, and gives a message, you know, go back, take this sack of gold for your troubles, and go back and tell your people not to come here again. The sack of gold was supposed to be an added insult because it was just like a few coins. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so that's what really started the bad blood between the dwarves and the orcs to begin with because that's, uh, that's a very uh, a big theme is how the dwarves and orcs hate each other. That's something that's that's a theme that goes through a lot of Tolkien, and that's actually a pretty general theme throughout a lot of fantasy. Yeah. And here, this is how they explain it. So Nain goes back, and he gets the rest of the dwarves, and they come, and they, there's a huge battle that ensues, and they slaughter. And in that battle, which they show in The Hobbit, mm-hmm. uh, in The Hobbit, they show that the pale orc was just maimed, and then he just got dragged back. Because, yeah, he really kills Nain, right, in single combat. Yeah, in reality, he kills Nain in single combat and cuts his head off, too. Yep, and then Dane, son of Nain, who is in the, who's riding the fucking pig, right? Yeah, Dane is in the, the Hobbit in movies. The Hobbit He's the one yeah. that comes riding in on the fucking pig. Riding on the fucking pig. Dane yeah. here, he comes storming into this battle. He's just a kid as in the Reckoning of the Dwarves, so he's probably like 50 years old, but he is like a kid. And he, yeah, he jumps up and just assails this dude, cuts his fucking head off, and that's the end of Azog the Defiler. Yeah, he actually carves, uh, it's either Durin's name or Thor's name, I think it's Thor's name, into Azog's head mm-hmm. and then puts his head on Put a on spike. A and then they stuff that fucking, the coins yeah. that were given. The little sack right of coins, they, sh- they shove it in his mouth. Yeah, and all this is in the appendix of the Lord of the Rings, by mm-hmm. the way. If so you, that's, If you want to read more about this. That's how the Pale Orc actually died and why he's not part of the Hobbit trilogy. He's long dead. And the reason they did it, man, is because like they had to have, like again, spoon feeding. They had to have super tangible villains, and then they ended up having way too many fucking villains. Mm-hmm. You had the Ringwraiths, you had uh, the Necromancer, you had fucking um, Smog. Spiders. Yeah, like spider spiders. The elves were working the elves against are kinda, them. The elves are kind of, yeah, working against them at, at, at points. Uh, yeah, there's just, like, we're not sure who the fucking villain is, like... Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that whole that whole th- that whole issue carried on into the Battle of Five Armies in general. The whole Battle of oh Five Armies God. was an absolute mess. It was supposed to be quite clean cut originally. It starts off as a dis uh, disagreement between the elves, the men, and the dwarves, 
Fighting over all that money. Yeah, fighting over all that money. It's just kind of a three-way disagreement. The now. Or the elves and the men, I think, team up at one point. So it's them versus but, the dwarves. Yeah, they all like come down and they're all like, we want some of that money too. Yeah, at that point, Dane was there to back up the dwarves. Yeah, so it's more or less Dane up. and dwarves mm-hmm. versus elves and men. And they just have a gripe going on. And then out of nowhere, nowhere, the, the uh, goblins and the wargs come riding down from the mountains to just come slaughter everyone because there had been a lot of bad blood brewing between the dwarves and the and the goblins for a long time and as it turns out well they're, and they're super pissed off that Gandalf killed the yeah the great goblin yeah and the uh, the things that happened along their adventure together did have have an effect on that like that is that is mm-hmm. that's what sparked them coming down to battle but it did not happen nearly like it did in that they just made that so hard to follow it was there were giant uh giant earthworm monsters yeah, the great earth eaters the great earth eaters and then just all this crazy shit that just was not not there mm-hmm. and like the battle of the five armies is one of the bigger battles of the third age it's not like a, it it's is. not like it's a pussy battle but it's like they were trying to one up the battle of pelinor fields right and it's like you, well you're not, that's like the biggest you know that's one of the biggest battles in uh, in, yeah. in middle earth in middle earth history really i mean like the the only battles that are bigger than that were the second age, uh, you know, first age. All right. So yeah. In conclusion, that's uh, bringing us to the end of episode two of why the Hobbit trilogy sucks. And yeah, some of the points we touched on today, Joel. Today we touched on dragon sickness and why that's not much of a thing and more of a ploy from the original movie trilogy that they're just trying to cash in on. Cash in. Mm-hmm. Um, then there is the whole fucking dragon chase the time filler the time filler at the end of the second movie desolation of smog that was just not only unnecessary but extremely just implausible mm-hmm. and yeah just to fill time mm-hmm. to fill time and it was just ridiculous there were the there was also another category was the over characterization of the dwarves they were all way too overdone just to make offensive. them of yeah they, it was offensive it was offensive they overdid it just to make make it too clear who's who. And then uh, we also touched on the extremely crazy uh, animals that they rode on mm-hmm. in this movie. They Weird decided animals. to ride uh, pigs and yeah, caribou, caribou. Or, or deer, whatever the fuck that thing was. I'm not a zoologist. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a zoologist. Some. <laughs> I'm not a Middle Earth zoologist. They figured know. they could get away with some crazy form of deer. Um, then there's Thranwheel's whole deal, whatever his problem was. Do not speak to me of dragon's fire. And his crazy scar on his face. Uh, there was Bard and family, and uh, where that came from, his, uh, his, how his arrow turned into a wind lance. And then, yeah, the, and then we also talked about the gondolin blades and how they're all wrong. <laughs> they're I all think wrong. we went on a little too long about the gondolin blades, yeah. but that was... Uh, that had to be said. That was a very blatant homework error. Yeah, somebody didn't do their homework. And then there was everything to do with Azog, the Defiler, and the final battle. That was, None of it was necessary. I mean, obviously, the Battle of Five Armies happened. but It they, had to happen, yeah. They tried to play it up way, way, way too much. And they didn't even do a good job of putting it together. I felt like the editing was not... They either didn't have enough time or I don't know what the issue was. It just did not come together. And uh, that's that is all of your time we're going to take up today. It's all. It's all for today. Come back for part three. If you didn't listen to episode one, you, you should m- probably you might want to go back and do that. 
Um, we talk about why we hate The Hobbit for like 35 minutes. It's fine. It's fun. It's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. And um, we're going to be coming back to you one more time about this. It may seem unnecessary, but so were the three so Hobbit the movies. So three Hobbit movies. So exactly. we're going to make this just as unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be coming back to you with that. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks um, for listening, guys. Subscribe on um, on iTunes. You can catch us on SoundCloud, like too, if that's more SoundCloud, convenient. If that's, yeah, if that's more your thing. Um, but, yeah, subscribe on iTunes if you think we're cool. Tell everybody. Tell all the nerds if you think we're cool. Um, we think we're cool. Tell your so mom. Tell your mom. She'll love it. She already thinks we're cool. Salty language, but it's good, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening to us, guys. We'll be com- we'll come back soon with um, part three of Why the Hobbit Movies Suck, where we're actually not going to try to talk about why they suck. We're going to talk about... We're actually gonna we're gonna touch on some things we liked about yeah, it. Some things so I suppose it'll be part three. What we actually liked about the Hobbit movie. Yeah, and there are a few things. It'll be a much shorter episode. Yeah, it'll be like fifteen minutes. We'll probably talk about something else. Maybe Cure Dan. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hashtag Cure Dan lives. Thanks for listening, Thanks guys. Thanks for listening, guys. This see is, you soon. This is Keep on Tolkien. Keep on Tolkien.